0: Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast.
1: Back and Better Than Ever, Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. My guests like the big swagoo, Marcus Spears, in a moment on the Shell Penzo performance line. I also have Mike Reese coming in here in just a few minutes because Belichick said something to him last night that I thought was so remarkable. I I need to clear it up. And I also want to find out what the future looks like in New England after their immediate future came to an end last night. The, the era of New England Patriots football that we've lived in now for the past two decades ended last night in the Thursday night kickoff to this weekend in an absolute blowout loss at Los Angeles. So we'll talk about that. Then we have our question of the day coming up in about 15 minutes that is sure to provoke arguments amongst all sports fans everywhere. So we'll do all of that after we do this. It is my pleasure to say hello again to the one and only Marcus Spears. Hello, Swagoo.
0: Gee, what's up, my brother?
1: Well, let, let's start by talking about last night's game, and then I, I want to really make sure that we get uh, to the, the stuff you said this week that, that basically gave us three days' worth of shows. But, but let's just start with last night. As you look at the Patriots, I guess there are really two questions. Who do you think their quarterback should be next year, and what do you think happens with Cam Newton after this year?
0: To the first part, gee, somebody that's not on their roster right no. now. Uh, As far as quarterback and look for all of the talk about Bill, Bill Belichick, not being able to draft. Well, we know he's been great in free agency. Um, And and I don't know if people have been given that enough attention. That's almost been his route. If you think about it, the undefeated season was a free agent, Randy Moss and defensively bringing in guys. And you look at what they did bringing in Ocho Cinco back when he was playing and, so he's been really good at trying to figure things out from that standpoint. Six opt-outs as well. So no, the the quarterback is not there for the Patriots. I believe Cam Newton's career is going to be um, going to be a reflection of dink and dunk football. And if a team wants that, I don't know why a team would. But if a team wants that, then yeah, you could you could still win with Cam Newton if you want to play that way. Not a Super Bowl. You may win a few games. You surround him with weapons and. You know, you have guys that can make plays with, with short catches and taking it a, taking it the distance. Um, but no, I don't believe the quarterback is on the roster. Cam had his shot; it has not been successful. It's been moments. Um, you know me; I was Cam, damn Newton, hoping that from a physical standpoint he still had that burst and that ability to use his legs and be dominant. But that doesn't look like the case either anymore. So I'm really concerned about what Cam does moving forward. Um, potentially in a backup role, but I don't see him being a starter in the league where you have guys like Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers, and you're looking at Josh Allen now starting to see him being able to push the ball down the field. Russell Wilson, obviously, like this league now is predicated on you being able to to generate a lot of offense, man. And then the second part of your question, what was that again, G. What was that?
1: No, that was both parts. It was, it was who is okay. the Patriots quarterback? And I agree, they don't have him. Yes. Because if they thought it was going to be Jared Stood we'd already have been seeing him. And, Absolutely. and Cam, who knows what his future is. You know, he's such an interesting person, Cam Newton. He's, he's you know, the fashion and, and all of that. Like, it'll be, if, if, if this is the end of the road for him, it's been a fascinating career. Um, it'll be fascinating to me to see what he decides to do next. He's still so young, like... He's 10 years younger than some of the other quarterbacks.
0: And that's the thing, brother. I I don't think, like, I would be crazy. I would think I was crazy if I thought Cam wouldn't be in the league anymore. Mm -hmm. Like, he still has a level of talent at the quarterback spot that lends itself to still being in the league. I just don't think it's going to be in the starting role.
1: And let's talk about the team that beat them last night. Because there was a Cam who played a great game last night, but his last name was Akers. And they've (laughs) got weapons. You know, They've got Cup, and they've got uh, Woods, and they've got two tight ends, and and they've got great players on that defense. To me, the question is, is Jared Goff ready to take that team back to another Super Bowl? If he plays great, I think they're as good as anybody in the NFC. What do you think?
0: Gee, that's it, man. You nail on the head, brother. It's all about Jared Goff. Because we know, like we saw in the Super Bowl, when they lost it, at some point he's going – you know, I said the same thing about Baker Mayfield. At some point, these guys will be called upon to win a game when all of the things are not clicking, right? And I know that sounds like a lazy, generic take, but that's the reality. Mm -hmm. Like, at some point, you know, you've been watching this game long enough, and I know, and anybody that's been around, at some point, that quarterback position is going to have to come to the forefront and be the reason you won the game as opposed to the reason why you just managed your way to a win. We take Jimmy G, for instance, right? NFC Championship last year didn't need him, threw eight passes. Super Bowl needed him, played well for three and a half quarters possibly, and just missed the opportunity over the top to Emmanuel Sanders to win the game. That'll be Jared Goff. And I'm going to tell you, G, that makes me nervous. I don't know about you. I don't know about a lot of people. Jared Goff being called upon to win a game. When things aren't, when Sean McVay doesn't have him in that comfort zone, um, it, it's my issue. We saw last night a bad in-air throw behind the guy that ended up in the interception. That could have, if a team had an offense last night, it would have been more pressure on him to to make things happen. So I'm not there yet. It, it it feels very similar to the conversation we had about Jimmy Garoppolo last year, doesn't it? Like when you think about the makeup of this team, right? really good defensive line, really mm-hmm. good secondary, playing lights out defensively. Now they've shown the ability to run the football. Sean McVay did a tremendous job against the New England Patriots last night. Coming down to the quarterback. And can he make the plays or not? And I just I, – I, he has the ability and the talent – I just had, I, I'm scared of that, G. I'm scared there, of Jared Goff having to win a Super Bowl for the Rams.
1: There are so many similarities, actually, from the young, outstanding, offensive-minded coach to that yeah. the great defensive line. I mean, there are you're exactly right. There are a million similarities between this year's Rams and last year's Niners. Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance, protecting small businesses with specialized coverages for commercial vehicles. More at progressivecommercial.com. Now to the business that I really wanted to talk with you about. So we didn't have you on get up this week, but it doesn't mean that you didn't give us two or three days worth of shows <laughs> because, <laughs> because one afternoon I've, I i might have been Tuesday. I don't remember. It doesn't really matter on NFL live, where you can see Marcus every single day of the week at four Eastern with Laura and Dan Orlovsky and Mina Kimes and company on ESPN. You said that if you were Dak Prescott, you would want out of Dallas. For those yeah. who didn't hear it, why did you say that and how do you think that goes from here?
0: Gee, I've been thinking about this whole kind of span. We've been talking about Dak Prescott and the contract with the Dallas Cowboys and all of the things that transpired and people keep talking about the money and it was not money. It was the years if you remember. You and I sat, on, um, sat and talked about it. It was the mm-hmm. number of years. That was the sticking point. And I said, look, and the question I pose is the same question I posed today. Who doesn't sign their franchise quarterback? It is very simple for me, G, when it comes to, to in that regard. Like, why couldn't Dak Prescott get a long-term deal done with the Dallas Cowboys if they wanted him that bad? If they wanted to have him be the franchise guy you make those reservations. You figure out a way to get a deal done. And a lot of people was like, oh, it's going to get done. This is the normal procedure. They're going to franchise them, and then they'll get a deal done. And you know, gee, I was screaming at the top of my lungs, Dak should have went to Cowboy, shouldn't have showed up, mm-hmm. shouldn't have did this, shouldn't have did that. The leverage is there. I don't care what anybody's talking about, a down year in the league and all of that. They're still giving out money in professional sports. And then I thought about what, what, where is this Dallas Cowboys organization? Where where are they right now? Do you think in a year they can make a Super Bowl run? Um, do you think in two years they can make a Super Bowl run with what we see happening in this league time and time again? They don't even know if Mike McCarthy and Mike Nolan are the future. So you're telling me that may be on his third head coach? Um, even, even by next year, the way it looks right now, they, they might be in the hunt for a new head coach in that time. Could that be a positive? Absolutely. But I know one thing. I know I know Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch got a plan. Mm-hmm. I know that this team is competitive, even with all of the injuries they sustained and the things that they've had to go through. I know the type of talent that's around them. I know a defense that's going to be very supportive of Dak Prescott. And the reason why I said the 49ers is because when you look at all of the questions we've had about Jimmy Garoppolo, I believe Dak Prescott is a significant upgrade over Jimmy Garoppolo at the quarterback spot. And if you're looking at a team that, that has the potential to be in the in, in the super bowl conversation moving forward it's the San Francisco 49ers young a lot of young talent a lot of contracts that that really aren't crazy they're going to have to pay some guys coming up in the future but they have the opportunity to pay that because Jimmy G is not hitting the cap in a major way but that's that G I ain't moving off of that that's should one out of Dallas because Dallas didn't do right by that and what flew me over the edge, my brother, is when Jerry got on there and was talking about him not taking hits. This man has, had not missed a game before a fluke tackle that ended up fracturing his ankle. What else in the hell do they want Dak Prescott to do in Dallas? What do they need him to do? They've already seen how important he is, which could be an argument of why they should already be running and trying to get back and then not even implementing what could possibly take place in the draft the way they playing right now. I don't think they get the one or two spots, but if some chance they did, or if they decided to make some trades and get up in that spot, I don't know if I don't think Jacksonville or the Jets would do it, but we've seen crazier things happen in the draft. Like I, I just look at all of this stuff as a culmination around what we talked about with Dak Prescott. And you know the one damn thing we ain't talked about, G? Mm-hmm. and we just looked at all of these players in the NFL that has had it, a long-term deal for a franchise guy. Why does Dak Prescott name not make that list? Why is he not already in the conversation of guys that's been paid and let us start talking about how bad he is after he got his $100 million contract? <laughs> we see what Carson Wentz is. I just told you I don't trust Jared Goff. You know what they are? They $100 million guaranteed quarterbacks. And Dallas has had a guy that they drafted in the fourth round that they didn't have to pay, that overperformed his contract. And when it came time to step up and make the man an elite quarterback by his pay, they decided not to. And now he at home with a fractured ankle. Get the hell out of
1: there, man. You're the best. I I couldn't say it any better. No one could say it any better. And not only that, but just to go back to the point we made a moment ago as I let you go, if Dak Prescott were healthy and he were the quarterback of the Rams right now, we'd be talking about them winning the Super Bowl, right?
0: Damn right. You damn right, G. And everybody in the world knows.
1: Marcus, again, today and every day, 4 o'clock Eastern on, on, uh, on ESPN with NFL Live. Have a great weekend. Thank you, Marcus.
0: You too, my brother. Take
1: care. Marcus Spears on the Shell Pennzoil Performance Line. Pennzoil synthetic motor oils are made from natural gas, giving you unbeatable engine protection. The proof is in the Pennzoil based on sequence 4A wear test using SAE 5W30. Greening with you on ESPN Radio. In just a couple of minutes, I will present today's question of the day, which is guaranteed to provoke arguments amongst all sports fans. But first, I'm thrilled to get Mike Reese in here for just a quick minute because I really wanted to bring this up. Bubba, tell me when you have it ready. I want to play very quickly Mike Reese's question to Bill last night after the game and Belichick's response. Go ahead, Bubba, hit that for everyone again. That You're going to hear Mike Reese's question to Bill Belichick after their very lopsided loss in Los Angeles last night, and you will hear Belichick's answer.
2: Bill, I wanted to ask you about just the quarterback. Are you going to stick with Cam next week at quarterback? Great question,
1: Mike. I'm really glad you asked that. Cam's our quarterback. Okay. So Mike Reese joins me on the Shell Pennzoil performance line. And as I mentioned earlier, Mike, um, not, not to embarrass you, but you're not someone that Bill is going to talk down to easily. You're someone who has everybody's respect. You've been around him a long time. So I was trying to interpret. Do you think he was answering that question because he wanted the opportunity to say that Cam is going to be his quarterback going forward? How, how did you take that response from him?
2: Well, I appreciate the question, Greeny, and I'm glad you asked it. Um, <laughs> I, I think I think I, I didn't take it that way. I, I took it more from a sarcastic standpoint, as in like I'm gonna just cut this down before you can even finish your question, mm-hmm. and just stop the discussion. And that that's how I took it because, you know, I. I I guess we we live in a world where we're always trying to interpret what Bill Belichick means, but to me, uh, I don't think he was really um, thankful for the opportunity, if that
1: makes sense. Okay, fair enough, and that's fine. Um, But with that thought in mind, then, it it does bring us to analyzing where they are and where they should go. It seems to me that it's a perfectly reasonable question, because as of last night, their chances of making the playoffs are pretty close to zero. And, and Belichick has been around long enough to know that. So I guess I would ask, if not now, then when to give Jared Stidham the football and see what he can actually do?
2: And that's and a great question. And Greeny, he was asked again, Belichick, this morning in his follow-up news conference, if after reviewing the tape, if he might, you know, change his mind. And he said, I've answered that question for the last time. It made me wonder, Greeny, if he's going to go to Jarrett Stidham at all, if it's going to be just Cam the rest of the year, even when they are officially eliminated from the playoffs. And, you know, I don't even know where to go with that, like if that means that they already have the information they need from Jarrett Stidham or if he sort of feels a loyalty to Cam for coming in here late and doing everything they've asked for. But I I wouldn't be shocked if it's Cam all the way through.
1: Which would mean to me, again, Mike Reese, who covers the Patriots for us so well, here with me, Greeny, on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. Mike, what that suggests to me is that the likeliest scenario here is that the starting quarterback for the New England Patriots, week one of next season, is not currently on their roster. Do, would you agree with that?
2: I'm on board with you on that, Greeny. And, and I think specific to Jarrett Stidham, after talking about him all off season, as you know, the, probably the top candidate to replace Tom Brady because they seemed so high on him. I knew they were high on him after making him the top quarterback last... Uh, top backup quarterback last year. He couldn't even beat out Brian Hoyer for the number two job this year. So something has changed in their view um, as to Jarrett Stidham's status, the way I see
1: it. Yeah, so, so we'll see what they wind up doing. And then I, I wanted to ask you again here for the audience that was not with us this morning on television, because your answer was very definitive and I think important. So I'll ask the question again. Bill Belichick is 68, almost 69 years old. He may be staring at a rebuilding job here in New England. He's accomplished about as much as any person in the history of American professional sports coaching. Uh, is there any question in your mind but that he will be back next year
2: zero question in my mind and you know it i'd start with this his son steven is calling the defensive plays his other son brian is the safeties coach and it's clear he loves this connection family-wise um you know pairing it up with the other thing he loves which is football and i do think there's one other thing i didn't mention this morning Greeny. he's chasing history and don shula and i think that matters to him as
1: well yeah he is i had it here a minute ago is he 49 wins behind shula for the all-time winning as coach right. in pro football yep. history
2: yep yep right yeah. in there
1: well that's a lot of wins i mean you know 49 is is five good seasons by anyone's uh, practically anyone's standards i mean by his standards that actually isn't five good seasons but let's say it's a minimum of four good seasons so you think he's around that long
2: i i sure do. Yep. Yeah.
1: Okay. Mike Reese, you do terrific work. Thank you very much for jumping in this morning and again here, and I will see you soon. Have a great weekend.
2: Appreciate it, Greeny.
1: All right. That's Mike Reese with me here again. He, he's really a very good reporter, and, and um, that's why I wanted to ask him that question. And look, this is the end of an era. The New England Patriots have had 17 consecutive seasons. I opened the show with this this morning. The last time the Patriots lost their seventh game in an, an individual regular season was December 22nd, 2002. The number one song in the country was Eminem, Lose Yourself. The number one movie was Lord of the Rings. So they've won double-digit games every year for 17 straight years. They've made the playoffs 11 straight years. Those are both records. They both come to an end this year. So it is time to start over in New England. It is one of the great runs any team has ever had, and it comes to an end. All right, Greeny with you, and um, we, uh, look, we all accidentally damage our phones, right? That happens. Well, now Straight Talk Wireless' new Platinum Unlimited plan includes phone protection. Just 65 bucks a month for unlimited talk, text, data, and more. See mobile protect terms and conditions at Asurion.com slash Straight Talk. Limitations and exclusions apply. You ask these
0: questions. Greenie's question of the day.
1: All right, the question of the day is a good one, and I will tell you where I got it from. So I'm in the car yesterday afternoon, and I'm driving around, and I'm listening as I do whenever I'm in the car in the afternoon to my friend Michael Kay and his show on ESPN Radio New York in the afternoon with with Don LaGreca and Peter Rosenberg. And Peter, those are the afternoon hosts on ESPN New York, and Peter is a crazy fan of the Washington football team, and he is talking about them. They're having a conversation about Washington, and he keeps saying we and us in the context of the team he roots for. And finally, Michael, who I've known for 15 years, just cuts him off and goes off on him for referring to the team he roots for but has no other connection to as we or us. And I thought to myself, do I do that? Is it okay with me? When other sports fans, uh, namely adults, refer to their favorite team as we or us, Does it rub me the wrong way? So that's the question of the day. Is it okay to refer to your favorite pro sports team as we or us? I'm going to throw it open to you at 888-SAY-ESPN. My phone number is 888-729-3776. Give me a call. and, and, And just as the answer to that simple question, is it okay? Greeny, the podcast. Keep your ride or die alive at
3: ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com Greeny today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y.
1: Greeny with you, reminding you as we approach the bottom of the hour that it's V-Week. And during these challenging times, ESPN and the V Foundation's fight against cancer has not and will not stop. If you are able, please support cancer research by visiting v.org slash donate 100 cents of every dollar you give goes directly towards fighting cancer. All right. So recapping as we get the phone lines ready to go here yesterday afternoon, driving around my buddy, Michael K. hosts afternoons on ESPN, New York with Don Greco, Peter Rosenberg. They're having an argument. Michael is yelling at everybody because Peter refers to the Washington football team, his lifelong favorite team as we and us. And so it did inspire our first question of the day. Something I plan to do regularly here. Is it okay if you're a sports fan to refer to your team, your pro team with, with, with which you have no connection other than your fandom as us or we? 888-SAY-ESPN is the phone number. Bubba, let's go to the phones here on the Dr. Pepper call in line. Who's first up? Yeah, first we have Jason. Jason, is it or is it not okay to refer to your team as us?
2: I feel that it depends on the the city that, that you live in the, and the connection that the people there have. Um, I'm a lifelong Saints fan, and, you know, the people here, and, and it's not just in New Orleans. It's people all over the country, people all over uh, the south who might even be from opposing cities, say Atlanta. You know, you have a, a favorite team, but then you think about it in terms of if you take the team – away from the city is the city still going to be the same or is it going to basically drain the lifeblood of sports from that city and and in that case the connection that the saints have with the city and the people around it, it is more like a family than it is anything else
1: i do appreciate that thought thank you i want to get a bunch of people in here i i, I was in new orleans for the first game, that first Monday night game after Katrina and the, the block punt and everything else when you 2 played and Green Day played. And that was a sporting environment unlike any I've ever been in before. I can also say this about New Orleans. I, I do think the connection, while there were a lot of things you said there that I didn't fully buy, I will say this. The connection of that city to that team post-Katrina I think is very real and meaningful. I remember Mike and I were there. We broadcast. On ABC, the first big championship game that was played in New Orleans after Katrina was the Arena Bowl, the Arena Football Championship game. And I remember Mike and I were walking around the streets in the French Quarter, and people were shouting over at us, Hey, Mike and Mike, tell everybody how good we are. Tell everyone how how New Orleans is back. Tell everyone how great things are here. And I remember looking around and thinking, boy, it it doesn't look great. At at, at that time, it was still very much in, in the... in the the process of its return. it's one of my favorite cities. I love new Orleans. So I do, I do appreciate the idea that there is maybe something a little more meaningful in the connection between that city and that team based upon the aftermath of Katrina. I will buy that. So I appreciate that call. Uh, Bubba, who is next on the Dr. Pepper call in line? Yeah. Next up we've got Matt, Matt. You're on ESPN radio, Matt. Are we and us okay with your favorite team? Absolutely. Uh, Greeny, big fan, uh, by the
2: way. And uh, it's a great thing what you guys are, are doing for the, the V Foundation this week on ESPN. But Peter's absolutely right. I'm a transplant from Silver Spring, Maryland. Moved to Dayton, Ohio in 08. And it's like a family. It doesn't matter where you go. You know, you just you keep rooting for them uh, through the good times and the bad. Even without a name, I'm still rooting for them.
1: See, I like that. And, and, and I, I think you're right. And I will give you my parallel to that, Matt, which is that I – it's no secret. I grew up in New York, and I'm a, a lifelong Jet fan, and then I moved away for 11 years. I went to college in Evanston, Illinois, and then lived and worked in Chicago for seven years. And that connection to your sports teams back home um, becomes, I think, more meaningful when you go away because it is something that, that sort of is a connection you can still have. Like you go – in those days, it was before there was direct uh, – direct TV, Sunday ticket, all those kinds of things. So I would sometimes go to a bar and try and find the jet game and you felt very much at home. Like that's felt so familiar. There was something about that connection to your team that was your connection to your town. If you live in one place all of your life, it's different. But when you grow up somewhere and then you go live somewhere else, Chicago was like a second home to me. I met and married my wife there. I love it there. And I feel at home when I'm there, but you could only be from one place. And so when you're not in that place, your team is an excellent connection to that. So that is personal. So that is us. I like the way this is going. Dr. Pepper, call in line. Bubba, who's next? Yeah, next up we've got Scott. Scott, you're on ESPN Radio. Is it okay to say we?
2: Well, my fantasy football league, the IGGU, just had this argument. And as a stockholder in the Green Bay Packers, I can absolutely say we. Nobody else should.
1: Okay. Now, I love that. Uh, the Green Bay Packer fans, yes, the Packers, as, as I think most people know, are publicly owned. And uh, I've always wondered about that. Like, I remember they put someone on the old show with us to promote the fact that they were selling new shares. And I remember asking, how many shares do I have to buy to be able to call plays? Like, that, it seems to me, would be the best reason to buy into the Packers, is if you could be, like, in Aaron Rodgers' helmet for, like, one play a season. Like one play, Percy, this is your play. Greeny, you own nine shares of Green Bay Packers, Inc., or whatever it's actually called. So you get one play, third and seven in the second quarter, week four. You get 20 seconds, and you get to tell Aaron Rodgers what play you're going to run. So that's Yes, if you are a, a shareholder in the team, then, of course, that is we. That is us. I like it. I like the direction this is going. Bubba, let's do another one. Who you got next? Oh, we got more. We got Jeremy. Jeremy, is we okay with your favorite sports team?
2: of course i mean i'll make it short and sweet here but uh i think loyalty to anything and anyone whether it's a team person thing i mean we is anybody who is uh, a fan of the game i think uh growing up a lions fan all of us lions fans through the years everybody here says we i mean um
1: And that shows great loyalty, Jeremy, and thank you for the call. That that shows great loyalty, and I don't mean this facetiously, but because the team has been so incredibly bad, so incredibly bad. That's another one. See, here's the thing. Okay, let's lose the music. Let's leave it on this. I I love the topic. Thank you all for the calls. I appreciate it. This was a good first question of the day, and it's something that that I'd like to try and do regularly here. Here's the one thing I will say. So I disagree with my friend Michael. I have no problem with you calling your pro team college. It goes without saying like Northwestern is definitely we and us, but I'm an alum. I'm, I'm every bit as much a part of that school as anyone else who ever went there or who goes there. So I consider that I I genuinely think that's a legitimate we or us as far as my fandom of, of my favorite teams. Here's what I will agree with Michael. If you're going to call them, we, and you're going to call them us, then you have to continue to do that through the worst of times. So when your team is good, it's us and we. And when they're bad, you have to stick with that. Like I jokingly said, if I ever write my sports autobiography, it's going to be called, we never win in Buffalo. Because in my youth, the Jets never won in Buffalo. So I think if, if, there's, if I were to put my own spin on it here at the end, it would be, there is nothing wrong with referring to your favorite sports team as we or us. If it is a college team, then I think it's fully appropriate if it's a pro sports team, it depends a little bit on the context. So there are certain times when you probably shouldn't say it. Like if I'll just use this, I don't know, pick a team here. If, if you're a, a fan of, um, well, I don't know, if, if, if you're a fan of the Los Angeles Lakers and you run into LeBron, you probably shouldn't say to him, hey, I'm so glad we won this year. Hey, we did it. <laughs> hey, that was great for us to win this thing this year. But you know what? Maybe it is OK. I, I bet you it would be OK with him if you said that, like you're a part of it. He's a part of it. You played your role. He played his. So I, I take it back. I think it's OK in all cases. That is my answer to today's question of the day. And hey, don't miss two big fights this Saturday at UFC 256 when Davison Figueredo puts his belt back on the line and Tony Ferguson returns to the Octagon. UFC 256 exclusively available to ESPN Plus subscribers for $64.99. Visit slash ppv for more details.
0: Greeny, the podcast.
2: Must be 21 plus and present in present and select states. Gambling problem? Call one eight hundred GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details.
0: Thanks for listening to Greeny, the podcast. You can check out Greeny live weekdays at noon Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN Plus. Also, don't miss Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at eight Eastern on ESPN. This is Greeny, the podcast.